But if you have a Bible or a device and you have uh, Proverbs 15 in that Bible, I'd like for you to turn to that. By the way, uh, since, you know, the seating is like it is, do you know, I'm not sure, but, but by the Lord doing what he did here, we actually gained close to somewhere between 90 and 100 uh, additional safe seats in here that we didn't have before. And, and, and that was God. We didn't even plan that. That's, that. God did that. So if you were around five or six other people on a regular basis, we literally could fill the whole place up and, and still be better than about any church I've seen to date, and I promise you that. Large mega churches, satellite, I, I, I'm telling you. So God's just doing a, a good thing, and, and we're still able to, you know, do the things that we need to do. But Proverbs 15, and, and we're going to go through this, but we need to make sure that all of us are on the same page, all right? And I, by me saying that, I want you to understand that I, I'm going to pray again, a quick prayer, because what's about to happen is the most horrifying thing to Satan. He's afraid that the word, the seed, will fall in somebody's heart and you'll walk away and you'll think on these things and you'll actually live them out and cause problems for him. So he's going to distract. He's going to make your stomach hurt. You know, my nasally stuff's going to get on your nerves, all kinds of things, but we're about to shut him down, okay? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that this is the most important thing we could ever hear out of, and it's your, your word, your truth. And I just ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we would not distract, we would not be a distraction, we would not be preoccupied with our schedule this week or wonder what's going to take place. And God, anoint me because I, I, I'm just made out of dirt and flesh. You know all about that. And without you, this is no good to anybody, Lord. So I, I just pray that you would help me and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. I will say this, because I had a couple of people to ask what was on my mind, what was on my mind for uh, over a week now about the schedule of the children's ministry, when it will take place, here's the, here's the answer. I don't know. I, I know when Noah was building the ark, I know he don't know what day that the rain was going to come and lift it, but he did know enough to, to, to build it, okay? So I, I don't know. Hey, the way things are, God could have it opened every day. Or he, I, I don't know. That's a part of the prayer I need you to help me pray about. And, and then there's going to be a lot of life groups that's going to be formed out of this to, to really help both of those ministries. And, and you, you're about to see God do some great things through you, but in our community. Amen? I believe, I believe Scotland County it, it can still be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I think it can with all my heart. I think it can. All right. I want you to listen to this, though, because, you know, I've been telling you for months, we are in preparation mode. We're the body of Christ. We're the army of the Lord, but we're also, we are in preparation. And we're not in an idle state of mind just to be idle until the Lord comes back, but we're the army. And I always make references to, uh, you know, servicemen and women and, 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 the battles and training and all that, but, but we, we never leave this. So I want you to think in terms of that today 
that we, we, are in pre, we are preparing. We come here to worship God, but every time God gives us the word, we are preparing. The Bible says this, so this is one thing that has to be, and I, I'm on a, a coin, well, I'm going to borrow the phrase that the famous non-theologian Barney Five coined. We're going to nip this in the bud one way or another. Amen? we got to do this, and what is this? We've got to understand... Verse 1 of chapter 15, that a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, what we're going to read the rest of the morning, all is dealing, or everything, is dealing with, with my mouth, my lips, my voice, my conversation. A soft answer, notice, in four verses here. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue, verse 2, of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. All right? The eyes of the Lord are in every place. We've, all, we've talked about this praying a while ago. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and on the good. Just park for a moment. Nothing is getting overlooked by God, okay? Nothing. If it's something that you've done or somebody has done it to you, nothing is getting past the all-seeing eye of God. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and on the good. And verse 4 says, here we go again, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it, means in the tongue, breaks the spirit. It means, you know, Debbie Downer, all the names, you, you know, all the negative names you've heard, somebody that has uh, perverseness or uh, filthy talk or just bad talk, it, it, it breaks the spirit. I mean, you can be on cloud nine and you can run into one of these gifted individuals and it's over with, amen? It don't matter. It's just over with. They have the gift of depression. I mean, to give. But real quick, a soft answer, a harsh word, the tongue of the wise, the mouth of fools, a wholesome tongue, and perverseness in a wholesome tongue. All these things is something that we want to know that we either need to be doing or we need to stay as far away from it as we can. We need, we need to do this. The Bible tells us that there's something that we can do in this life every day. It doesn't matter if you're healthy, if you're hurting, if you feel down or you've been told the best news outside of Jesus Christ you could hear, the Bible says regardless, and I'm telling you this word, regardless, Psalm 89, the psalmist said, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. That comes in, I learned that in a song when I was in college. The church sang it all the time, and it just ministered so much to me. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I, I will sing with my mouth. Well, I make known. 
thy faithfulness to all generations. That means I'm more than the Energizer Bunny. I'm still going. It doesn't matter if I'm going through a Job season or if I'm going through a Solomon season and it's all gold and glitzy and it looks good. For me, I'm just going to be about his business and I'm going to always sing of his mercies. I'm going to tell people that the cross is still available. You can still be saved. I'm going to do this every day, nonstop. Will, with my mouth, I will make known how good God is. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We live right now in a day, and I, I'm, going to, I'm going to just be a preacher. I'm going to be, no, I'm going to be a pastor for a minute, okay? So I'm going, in, I'm going into pastor mode right now. I'm going to tell you, if multitudes church, and I know every pastor could probably say this, but if multitudes church does not learn how to use our mouths to glorify God and shut down and not give in to idle chatter, negative talk, or gossip, or people that just feel disgruntled or, or whatever, and I don't care if the situation is right and it's valid and all this, but I'm telling you folks, and I'll talk about this in a, a little later, but I'm telling you, that there is no way that God will ever do at the level he can do and he desires to do until we just speak Jesus and only Jesus. There's not room to glorify two spirits and two gods in our life. If you are not glorifying God and the Holy Spirit is not glorifying God through you in your conversation and you allowing God to lead you in paths of righteousness for His namesake, not always a popular, famous place, but if you don't do that, then you're over in another area, in another spirit, and glorifying another God of this world. And it's easy to do this. It's easy to fall prey into this now because all you hear is negative news all the time. And I'm not trying to be a broken record today, but I'm telling you, you've got to guard your mind. Everywhere you go, you don't realize, and I really don't realize, just how much of an effect if your neighbor wants to bar your ear for five minutes to talk about how the mailman was five minutes late yesterday and all it was was a category for a hurricane coming. Listen, that might be all they ha that might be the peak of their schedule this week. You've got to understand, and we can do this by having a soft answer. You've got to tell somebody, you know, that's... Uh, I, I appreciate your time but I got to go pray for somebody. I got to go pray. For, well, who you got to pray for? I can't tell you. God, would you help them in the name of Jesus? They, they are in such bondage. Hey, I'm not being funny, but I want to tell you this. You don't realize what this thing does right here. You don't realize what this thing does in the house of God. And just because I say it in secret, or I tell Angie, or she tells me, or I tell you, or I tell you, hey, I'm going to tell you something, don't tell nobody. Too late, God was already there doing this right here. The, uh, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. You can't outrun him. It doesn't matter how deep the hurt was, 
how long it lasted and how everything you did was right, but what you got in return was wrong. It still does not give me permission to override what thus saith the Lord and hold a grudge, harbor bitterness, and have resentment and not love people and not glorify God because I can't chew you up and spit you out and glorify God at the same time. And I got a scripture that proves that. You can't do it. And God won't move. I don't care what Corona does, what the government does, what Hollywood does. God will not move at the level he can move in your midst until you understand. He gave you a mouth. He gave you. He said, if you don't glorify me, the rocks will cry out. If you don't praise God, if we don't learn that praise is our weapon that we carry with us every day of our life. Why do you think the devil shuts people down with praise? Why do you think he'd rather for you to listen to any music but music that glorifies God? There's no other music on the planet but that that glorifies God and the cross of Jesus Christ and the victory that he had and he overcame when he came out of that. There's no other music but that that glorifies God that can break bondages, shut things down, make things better, calm you in the middle. There's no other thing but that that glorifies God that can do that. I don't care how beautiful it is. I don't care how talented people are. If it does not glorify God, it will not tear down strongholds. So my question is, why do I want to waste it? But they're Christian. I heard them sing Amazing Grace. It don't matter about that. If it doesn't glorify God, I'm telling you, I know this is a hot spot in this church. I know it, but, but there's nothing wrong with it. If it doesn't glorify God, there's going to be times in my life when it's not going to help me out. Why do I want, my, my life is uh, but a vapor, so why do I want to waste a life that is but a vapor entertaining other things that's no good to me, folks? Why do I want to feed my soul with stuff that's not going to help me out? And see what happens over time. You start giving in. You give yourself unbiblical permission to do things that God says, stay away, don't do it, I'm first, I'm most, love me with all, and from my mouth will I make known the praises of God, the mercies of God, the goodness of God. And see, I believe that if the church did more praising God and glorifying God, more of the world outside of the church would want that kind of God. Who wants the God of a negative talking so-called Christian? I don't if I'm a sinner out here. I don't, and I don't think you would. If you think about the word that come out of God used his mouth. He could have used his mouth anything, but you know what? He said, let there be light. The Lord Jesus himself, he, same thing. He, he, did, he said when the disciples were scared, Jesus could have said, y'all complain too much. Y'all just a bunch of sissies. But he got up and he said, peace, be still. See, Jesus did it. He also said, Lazarus, come forth. See, he spoke life. Everything. Now, Jesus addressed things. I know that. Not, I'm not overlooking that. But Jesus addressed things that had to be. But where he, the lady called in adultery, he says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He also said this. Children were, uh, were beyond, below uh, the people, the religious culture. That, he said, Oh, let the little children come unto me. See, he used his mouth 
to do things that was helpful instead of hurtful and things that healed instead of things that hampered and shut things down and shut people out. And I know we like to use the word vent, but let me tell you where the duck comes from that's attached to that vent. The dirt work for most of our venting, if not all, is attached to the furnace of hell. And when you got to vent to somebody, all you're doing is breathing hell and you're not doing anything that's going to edify yourself or people around you or glorify God. You Listen, I want to tell you something. James said this, does a spring... Send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? It doesn't. If you were to keep reading in the 15th chapter of Proverbs, this is what would happen. You would read in verse 7 that the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. If you would skip over to verse 14, you would read this, that the heart of him who has understanding, seeks knowledge. But check this out. But the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. If you drop all the way down to verse 23, my Lord God, listen to this. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. That right there just lights my fire, man. If you go to verse 26 through verse 30, I'm just going to read them to you, but listen to this. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house, but he who hates a bribe will live. Verse 28 says, The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. You don't spout out, spout out. If, if you, if Jesus Christ lives inside of you, this is you right here. This is where you want to be. This is the lane you want to drive in. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant, and the heart of the righteous studies how to answer. I'm not, I just don't want to tell you what's a piece of my mind. When I give you a piece of my mind, you know where that peace could be coming from? It could be coming from the back of the refrigerator of this old head right here, and it's got mold on it, and it's going to give you spiritual food poisoning. I don't need to give you a piece of my mind. I need to study and see what God wants me to say to you because you may be going through something at that moment that me or nobody else has any idea, and you don't need a piece of my mind. You need something that God has told you so you can give it to that person who may be on their way out of this world. And you know when we think about these things, when something tragic happens and we can't get a mulligan and do it again, that's when we think about it. Bible also says in verse 29 that the Lord is far from the wicked, but the mouth, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. There you go, the word mouth again. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. That's why everybody that says, you know, I'm not going to get off on this because y'all start laughing and you think I'm on a, a tangent. 
But all the, the vibes, thoughts, and prayers, people, no good. They just wasted about 1.2 seconds of breath, air. And I'll tell you, if, and let me just explain this. This is not part of what I'm saying because a lot of people get confused on this. Maybe church people do, but I know the world does. The Bible says this, and we know that the Lord hears not a, a sinner's prayer. Well, how do people get saved? You know what turns it on? When a person comes to a God with a broken, with a contrite spirit, with a heart, and they realize their need for a Savior that bled and died to redeem them. That's what opens his ears up to your voice. You can say, well, I prayed when I was little. I got christened. I got baptized. It, it doesn't matter. You, you also went and got shots, and you also took training wheels off of a bicycle too. The Lord said that he hears the prayers of the righteous. Now, I want to tell you this. Paul and Silas was locked up in jail for doing a good thing. They were locked up, and they were beaten. Not time out, beaten. Bad, very bad, dead bad beaten. And so they could have complained, listen to me now. When I say they were beaten, folks, I mean they were brutally beaten. And they could have used their mouth to talk about how sorry the government is, how wicked the government is, how bad that person beat them, that, how they discriminated against them because they were a Christian and they beat them harder than they beat the last person. They could have done all of that. While they were sitting there bound up at midnight, they could have blamed everybody in the world and, and might have had a good right to do a lot of that. But you know what they chose to do. Their hands were tied up. They couldn't use their hands, so they used their mouth. And the Bible says, and about midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and praise God and sing hymns and sing out to God. And you know what happened, don't you? Yes, you do. You know that the chains fell and everybody woke up. The, the prison guard wanted to be saved all because they did something right and righteous with their mouth instead of something wrong that would have been okay with their mouth. The Bible says there is a way that seems right. I've got a right to fuss. I've got a right to argue. I've got a right to be disgruntled against you. I've got a right to talk about you because of how you did me. And we got a lot of scars and wounds and things that people cannot, they can't help. They can't get over. They didn't ask for it, but they were a part of it. It happened on their watch, and you didn't ask for it. It happened to you. But what you can control is what it does with this right here. You may not even be able to forget it until you get, hallelujah, a glorified body. But let me tell you what my God can do. My God can take the sound of your voice and anything that's binding you in your mind or in your body or in your home or in your family or even in your surrounded if you could just use your mouth instead of complaining and griping and just saying things that really are true about even the past in your life God can liberate the chains of your life when you can't use your hands to fix something you can always use your mouth to fix it you can do it 
The Bible says, when we praise God, when we praise God, Isaiah knew that if he had unclean lips, that it, it would damn things up. In fact, in, in Isaiah chapter 6, he said, So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of an people that are full of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And I tell you that when you get your eyes on Jesus, yep, we're going to live around uh, perverseness. We're going to live around people that are so liberal and godless. There's no respect for you or humanity or anything that has to do with the cross. There's no respect. Folks, by the way, that, I'm not being negative. I'm just being 100% honest and true. That's only going to get worse, and it's going to escalate, okay? So you don't need to take coming to church today or as many times as you can lightly because after a while, people are going to have to make real hard decisions. I'm telling you, we are on our way. And so this is why we soak up all we can. We get all the seed we can. We fellowship all we can. We do all we can. And he said, I've seen the king, though, you see. I've seen the king. And when you've seen the king, when you've got a relationship with the Lord Jesus, you're going to want to do, you're going to want to do the right thing. And I want to tell you that I started talking about the church, but I mean, I mean our church, the bride of Christ, I mean you personally, your home, your circle where you work at. But I, I want to say right here, right now, okay? And unclean lips, I want you to hear me, unclean lips will never, ever usher in the presence of God or revival. Not unclean lips. Now, we can, we can get a big banner printed and say revival. We can even have, you know, some hot shots, and we can do all, mail out stuff. We can do all that, and it looks like revival, but we will never, ever really experience the presence of God at the level we can individually and corporately if we have unclean lips. What is unclean lips? Anything that's dirty. And I don't, I don't mean like dirty, dirty. I mean anything that's not, if it's not holy, it's dirty, folks. That's kind, of, that's kind of out there, isn't it? If it's not holy, it's dirty. With my mouth will I make known. Again, James said, you know, water, 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 because we, water. Inside of me, I'm spewing it out, but bitter and sweet can't come out of the same fountain reservoir here, you see. River, it can't, it can't. It can't do it. So, unclean lips. And I want to tell you like this. It's like when I decide I'm going to just make my mind up today, I'm going to start praising God. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how true it is. I don't care how much better it makes me. I'm going to start just glorifying God. And you know what I would notice? I mean, I'm going to change what I listen to and all. I'm going to glorify God even if people laugh and shut me down, don't want to talk to me. I will notice that the presence of God is something that I'm enjoying more and more. I'm enjoying it more and more in my life. I mean, other things are going on in my life, and I got other things, but I'm starting to enjoy the presence of God, and I will notice that the, the Lord really does inhabit the praise of His people. The Lord inhabits the praise of His people. And so it, it's as if that the Lord 
hears me when I start praising him instead of saying, and, and it's like he comes in and just, he sits and enjoys it. He takes it in. And it's like, oh, that is so good. You're not, you're not talking about your wounds. You're not talking about your scars. You're choosing to use the life that I've given you to glorify me in spite of your stuff. And I'm just going to sit in here. And you know, when Jehovah Shammah is already there, he's already here where, where I just finally got to and praise, then I'll find out, oh, I've tasted and seen, hallelujah, that the Lord is good. That other stuff's bitter. It ain't no good. And he just starts enjoying it. But the moment, the moment I decide, well, you know what? I really wish they hadn't cut all them lights on in church today. I mean, I like we're spread out more. It's like when we start becoming negative, it's like we're saying, come on, Satan. Come on, pull up a chair. And that's what he does. He comes in and he pulls up a chair. And so the Lord, he's a gentleman, and he just politely just get, because you're not, now I'm not praising him, you see. That's what calls him. That's what in, he inhabits is. He inhabits when I praise him, you see. And so it's like the Lord says, okay. And the devil says, oh, well, we're enjoying this. But see, here's the thing, folks. This is what we've all got to understand, and we got to connect the dots with something in this world. Now, come on. we got to uh, 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 do this at some point. When the devil comes in because of our conversation, or our venting, or he brings with him peer pressure, you see. Or he might bring lust, or he might bring bitterness. You know, they really did you wrong. There was no, they are a Christian. They profess to be filled with the Spirit. And here they did that. They do this in church. They do that in church. And so here he comes. I'm not, it might be true, but I'm not glorifying God, folks. Just because something is correct does not make it holy and right, okay? It doesn't. I, so here I am. I've got this peer pressure now because I said, come on in. I'm the traffic cop. Come on in. And now I've, I've got something going on. I've, I've got an addiction, and it may not be to any kind of substance. It may be to TV. It, it, it just may be to something stupid, you see. And, and, I, and I've got this hurt going on. I've got all these wounds that just keep coming up. All because, all because I changed what my mouth was saying. I changed what verse 30 said, 23. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. So I changed it. But I got news for you. If I will hear what the word, what the Spirit of God is telling me today, I'm telling you, I'm, I don't have this whipped. I got to work on this. You don't know how much I got to work on this. But when I make my mind up, Lord, I've, I've heard what you've said in here. Lord, and I really do, because the world's going to keep closing in. So, God, I got to have something here. So, God, this is how... I'm going to fight my battles. I'm going to start praising you in the middle of the storm. I'm going to start lifting you up when it's all bad, when it's all wrong. 
when it's not good, I'm going to still praise you. And I'll notice that something will start happening. I'll start feeling the presence of God to start get around me again. And the devil won't stay where the presence of God and the praises of God is. The devil will pack his stuff up and all of a sudden, all the oppression that was on you, it will be lifted again and you will find yourself right there where you once were in the presence of God, eating it up. And God, worshiping God in spite of all of it, in spite of all of it, in spite of all of it, in spite of all of it. I want somebody to stand up with me right now and I want you to begin to use your mouth and let God enjoy something that's holy and wholesome and good. And if you need to fight a battle through praise right now, I want you to find you a spot in this altar and we're gonna sing and we're gonna worship our God right now. Number nine on the stage, please. I want you to, I want you to lift your voice and I just want you to say, God, this is how I'm gonna leave this church today, fight my battle. It might look like I'm surrounded, but now I'm surrounded by you. This is how I'm gonna fight. I don't care if they steal, if they short me on my check, if I don't even get a stimulus check, I'm still gonna glorify God. I'm gonna fight my battle in praise, Lord. This is how I'm gonna live my life. Every eye closed, every head bowed. And I want you just to declare this. I want you to declare this yourself right now. This is what I'm declaring. It might look like I'm surrounded, but the walls is about to break here, you see. Hallelujah. God's trying to help a lot of people right now. Let him help you, okay? This is what he likes to take place in his house. He wants you to let him help us. for the past several minutes. This, this is your time with him right now. Take it and do something with it. All over the building online, this is you and the Lord right now. declare that right there. My Hallelujah. Only you and the Lord knows what's on your heart, what you've had to endure, what you've had to try to deal with. For a long time, or, or recently, or a long time, God knows that, but he, he can help us. 
This is how I fight my battle. Fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my Hallelujah. Father God, you inhabit what I bring out of my mouth. It glorifies you. Oh Lord, that's what you love. That's what you lather with, Lord. My praise, my proclamation of you, of an empty tomb, of a soon-coming king. Hallelujah. Father, I'm praying that, Lord, you would hear the cry of every person, Lord. It doesn't mean that it's not real and it's not important to you, but, Lord, it's no different than chains in a cold prison cell. If iron and steel and rocks can break and quake just by declaring glory and honor and praise to you, Lord, what can happen with things in my life, Lord? Lord, all kind of things can, can change, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. If you're not a believer, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I am in need of a savior, I realize that the atonement for my sin only comes from what took place at Calvary. Nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else will satisfy God. So I ask you to forgive me. I need you. I need the cleansing that only comes from you. And I accept Jesus as my Lord, my savior. I denounce my life, my way, and I embrace you, O oh Lord, and the cross and the victory that comes from saying Jesus and having Jesus and knowing Jesus, Lord. I accept that as my, my new song, my new voice. If you pray that prayer, the Lord will save you, the Bible says, and something will take place. The Lord will forget the sins you've mustered up, created, accumulated, you will probably be able to unfortunately remember some, but God won't, and he'll love you, and he'll take you, and he'll hold you and use you. Father, I pray this week that our mouths would fight against the rest of our bodies. Our mouths would take over what our mind is trying to muster up. Our mouths would overrule what comes into our ears by other voices, Lord. Lord, we don't owe anybody a chime in but you. We don't owe anybody any kind of approval but you. We don't, Lord. You're the only one that saved us. You're the only one that's going to call us home. So, God, we, we don't owe anybody an explanation for obeying your word, Lord. We don't have to contribute nor even entertain negative, bitter talk, Lord, that's non-productive. We don't have to do it, Lord. Whether it's in our home or at school, classmates, 
or whether it's our neighbor or a community friend or our, even our church. Lord, we don't have to do that. In fact, you tell us not to. And today we're going to look at this scripture instead of just pray it. Or I, I'm just going to read it to you. And I want you to think about this. It's Psalm 1914. Uh, almost every Sunday, if not every Sunday, you pray and say these words. Let the words of my mouth. What if the Lord wouldn't let you say anything but what glorified Him? Every time you said a, or I said a negative, or, or th and it doesn't have to be negative. I don't want you to get lost in this, okay? Every time I choose, and I don't mean you want these flaky people that are going, oh, God's so good, and all that, and, and, but, but then you're a hypocrite like four minutes later. I don't mean that. I mean you're the real deal. You're bleeding, you're battered, you got scars, man. You, you got things that not, some people will never, ever have to experience in this life. But you choose to just say, you know what? In spite of my life, God has been good to me. In spite of what, where I've been, he's been a good God to me. He's a great God. He's a merciful God. And you know what God does with that? Oh, he just takes it and he says, you know what? They're overlooking so they can see me. See, a lot of times we can't see the king like, like Isaiah did because all that stuff's in front, you see. We, we allow stuff and people and situations to get in front and, and it blocks our view. We can't see Jesus like we, we should be able to see. And you know what? He's coming back. And he told me to look up because my redemption's drawing nigh. I don't need to look around. If I look around, I'm going to get depressed, y'all. I mean, I'm going to be straight with you. If I look around inside of the church sometime, and here's the problem, and I ain't going to get off on a tangent now. If I look at our church and I look at other churches, sometimes, sometimes that comes out right here. Because I say, God, this is what I do. I'm, I'm giving you something before we finish that scripture. God, what, what am I not doing that they're doing? How come these people don't love you like those people love you? See, I go through all this stuff. I, I'm, I'm not here to put on a show or, or, or give you a, a, some kind of motivational speech. I'm telling you I'm a real man, and, and I, I am subject to fall on my face every second that I live. I don't bring nothing to the table except that Jesus chose me. That's all I, that's all I have. If I look around about what I internalize a lot of times and I'm not upset about the day or nothing like that, and you know what? Gifted people will say, I hope you don't get your eyes on. And I don't, but sometimes I do. I do. And so I'm telling you that I got to keep my eyes on Jesus Christ. I don't care if I'm the preacher. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't excuse anything in this Bible with me. In fact, I, I'm held at a higher standard, you see. Whom much is given, much is required. So I'm asking God to help me because he knows I'm encapsulated in a fleshly cocoon. I want to bud forth and I want to fly 
like a butterfly and I want to be beautiful in his nostrils, in his sight, and I can do that if I keep my eyes on him. And I just do this. This is how I fight my battles. That, that, that's what I got to do. So, Lord, in light of what I just shared with everybody, would you let the words of my mouth help me? And the meditations of my heart, I just explained that. Be acceptable in your sight. You're going to run into a problem with that one right there. Because you cannot please man and please God. You can't be in his sight and it be really good and somebody else. Somebody else around you is not going to like that part right there. So let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, and here's what I need to focus on. He's my, he's my strength, but he's my redeemer, folks. Do you realize what he did for me? He did the same thing for you, but I realize what he did for me. I mean, I can't even go a 24-hour period without busting wide open what I just preached today. But in spite of that, whipped and naked and rejected, he still died for me, my redeemer. He did that. So, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, I want it to be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. 